This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Today's podcast is part of our Game Plan for Your Next Job series, and joining me again is someone we've had on in the past, Coach Bill Vasco, who is the head softball coach at Frostburg, and he also runs a service called XO Coach and CoachingPortfolio.com. He's joining us today to talk about the importance of having a portfolio and how you might design that, some things you want to put into it, and... Uh, Coach, we appreciate you coming back here and sharing all these ideas with us today. Uh, well, thanks for having me on, Keith. You know, I enjoy speaking to you, not just on the podcast, but uh, personally as well. And I feel very honored to, to be a guest again and be able to share some knowledge that will hopefully be able to help some coaches out there as they uh, start to go through the uh, job search process again. Well, the last time you shared some very valuable information, and I still think it's very pertinent today, but since then, which I believe was about three years ago, things have changed in our world. And we're, we're definitely looking at something, a, a world that's much more digital, that's virtual. I know, thinking back to my days as a college coach, we did a lot of the interviews. We would start on the phone, but pretty quickly then we determine after those phone interviews who's coming to campus and, and who's interviewing. And, and I know a lot of that now takes place probably until the final rounds virtually. Uh, so things like the portfolio, I think, start to take a, a much more valuable place in this process, especially because when you look at the the live events and the networking events, you know, we still get on Zoom and we have our clinics and those kinds of things. But it's it's not the back and forth. It's not meeting somebody personally like you would before. So now you have to find a different way to tell your story and get that to people and at least in, in what I think, and you know, I would love for you to, to talk about this, but the portfolio now definitely takes a, a different place in this whole process and probably is a more valuable tool than it was in the past. Yeah, and, and you know, it's ironic. Last uh, This past summer, uh, I had to fill two positions myself, a full-time assistant and a grad assistant position. And, you know, we obviously went through the traditional posting of the position and everything. And I had, had kind of had some people in mind through networking avenues for, for myself through people I knew. And it, it, you know, it, it was interesting that for the most part, you know, I did bring both candidates that when I filled the position to campus, but it was kind of, we'd already solidified the deal before they even came to campus because, 
you know, they sent over their resume. And the first thing I did as soon as somebody was interested that I liked was we set up a Zoom chat to talk as soon as possible, have a brief introduction, and then do a final round of Zoom interviews with the finalist for each position. You know, like I said, we brought them to campus only after we had kind of said, hey, you know, you're a good fit. You're my top person. And they were super interested in coming to campus was more just to, to finalize the deal than to bring finalists to, ca- to campus. And the turnaround was really quick. I mean, you know, that was the nice part. You didn't have to wait to set up all of these hotels, flights, cars, whatever it is to get people to campus just to get to the, the finalist round. Like we're, we're able to fill the positions really quick. You know, in terms of the portfolios, it's crazy, you know, because you know, we have some sample portfolios on coachingportfolio.com that can act as a reference guide. And we have some of the very original portfolios that were submitted as samples back about 2010, you know, nearly 12 years ago. And you and I had talked off air about, you know, the, the kind of plain Microsoft Word portfolios that are black and white and have some bullet points and are pretty basic, you know, and it's a good start there. But you know, portfolios have really changed over the years. I mean, shoot, I can even remember my very first portfolio in uh, 1997 was the old school three ring binder where I had just kind of taken some documents and three hole punched them and put them in a binder and either delivered them by mail or hand delivered them back in the day. And, you know, I still tell coaches, it's nice to have a hard copy, a spiral bound one, something nice that you can take to the interview to pass out to people if you're interviewing with a committee, so they have something that they can look over before, you know, they sit down and chat with you. But in terms of the digital age, there are so many opportunities and ways that you can create portfolios now, be a little more creative, which I think is awesome, you know, because it, you know, one of the things that I talked about for coaches, the importance of creating portfolio is to be able to display your level of professionalism and your level of creativity, those abilities for you to do those things and have the know-how in how to use those different technologies, you know, and with not only just, you know, word processor type technologies. Now we're talking about all kinds of digital technologies through your phone, through the computer, through different types of media that you can utilize to kind of show who you are as a coach and add those things to your portfolio. I mean, you can have a digital portfolio right now that you can send out that can include video clips of you in practice running drills and those kind of things. So it's really crazy the kind of things that you can do and the things that we're seeing. And, you know, even though it's super important to to be creative and take advantage of these technologies that are available, you know, the number one thing is you still have to be able to tell your story of what you accomplished and what you achieved in the programs that you've been in, how did you help them improve and what type of value can you bring to your next employer? You know, if you are using all these fancy technologies, but you're not telling the story of how you can help your next program improve, you know, you're not really accomplishing what having an outstanding resume or a portfolio or a website where you kind of maybe share all of your information. You know, if you're not good at telling your story and how you can improve somebody else's program, then it doesn't matter how good you are using all that technology. I couldn't agree with you more. And and it is about maximizing the technology, I believe. But the thing you said that's important is is sharing your story, sharing who you are are and how you do things. And, And you mentioned something in there that I think is is very important is that idea of being able to show people who you are 
out on the practice field, right? I mean, people could see you on game day, but the real coaching, we all know, you know, game days, adjustments and, you know, things here and there. But I mean, the real part, the real classroom is out on the field. And and so I've always encouraged coaches to, for a number of reasons, to record yourself or have a student manager or an injured player or somebody hold your phone out there and record you coaching. Number one, for your own personal development and seeing what are the things you do well, what you know, what language are you using? Where can you do things better? Uh, even being able to share that with somebody who could serve as a, a mentor and, and give you some pointers on that. But ultimately, though, at, at some point, you're going to be going for a new job. And now all this content that you've captured of you coaching becomes an important part of telling your story that you can show like, hey, here's here's where I am coaching, right? Whether you put this together on, on a website or, you know, something digitally that you pass along, uh, the days of the black and white, as you said, those you know, run stuff through a copier, put a nice cover on it, send a bunch of those to the interview committee. You know, you got to think about how can you use some of this and really paint the picture of who you are. And so your thoughts on that, coach, and some of the best things, I guess, that you've seen uh, coaches do to give that picture of this is who I am out on the field and, you know, in my quote unquote classroom. It's funny because, you know, I, I talk about, especially when I'm reviewing resumes, which is, is part of our services in one of our premium packages, is that, you know, just looking at the resume, I tell coaches they have to be much better at documenting how they brought value to a program and how they improved yes. the program and what exactly were the steps that they took to, to make those achievements and accomplishments. Because most coaches, I mean, I was guilty of it for years. I listed general duties, responsibilities, and then I tried to expand in the portfolio um, beyond those things. But you got to have a little more information on the resume to kind of spark an interest to have somebody go and take a look at your portfolio next, which is where you really, you know, include all the great stuff and really break things down. This last year, our team ended up great achievement. Number one team GPA for the school year in all of division two softball. And, you know, it was a great honor. And I had a ton of people ask us, well, how did you accomplish it? What are you doing that's different? And, you know, I really thought, I mean, fortunately I've been lucky that I, I got some really smart kids who take the academics serious and I don't have to look over their shoulder that they take that part seriously, seriously enough that I don't have to do a lot. But, you know, I started really thinking about, you know, if I'm going to list on my resume that we had, the number one GPA in all of division two softball that looks great on my resume, but at some point either on the resume or in the portfolio, I've got to discuss, you know, what were the things that we did to achieve that? And, and, you know, there were some things on, on our staff that we do. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of staff do some of those things and maybe some things were a little bit differently, but, you know, now I've got to sit down and, you know, if I decide to, to look for another position at some point and tell that story, of how did we do that, break that down in my portfolio and, and get into a little more detail and show the tools that we utilize, you know, some of the software services that we use with our kids that may be a little bit unique because we, we have study tables, but we do them ourselves. We don't have a department-wide thing uh, that we utilize for those kind of things. So, you know, I've got to sit down and actually show because, you know, I met with some people on campus who are like, tell us more about how you achieve this. And I'm like, well, you know, got smart kids or recruit smart kids. They know what the expectations are and we did it, but you know, there was a little more detail in that. So I tell coaches, you know, 
list your achievements on your resume, give a little detail of what that was involved, and then take the things on your resume and put those in your portfolio and expand upon, you know, how you brought value to that program and how you'll continue to bring value to the next program when you're being interviewed. And, you know, with the, you know, we talked a little bit, you know, my last job interview was about four years ago and I used PowerPoint. I used some graphics, some digital things in that portfolio that were a little bit new for me. And now I look back at that portfolio four years ago and it's outdated because the graphics were pretty basic. So, you know, being able to utilize some different types of software and things. I think PowerPoint is still a powerful tool. There's a big learning curve on really how to utilize it. I've met with a couple of other coaches who are using PowerPoints for their playbooks, and we started to utilize that with our program. I know, you know, most people don't think about softball utilizing playbook, but we have a 150-page playbook of all the things that we utilize in our program on and off the field, and we use PowerPoint for most of that. So that's a really powerful tool. I like to use a program called Canva, which yes. is free. It does have, a, does have a pro version. We do all of our social media graphics on there, graphics for portfolios, things that I do for my websites. It's, it's amazing. And I'm still, there's a lot of things I'm learning. You know, my former assistant did a lot of our social media stuff and was spending hours trying to remove backgrounds on photos through Photoshop and Canva. You can do it in 10 seconds with a press of a button. So it's pretty amazing the things that are out there. And I know the younger generation is learning these things at a, a much earlier age and becoming a lot more proficient at those kind of things. But to really just sit down and, and kind of go through and, and you know, seeing what's out there and sharing what other people are doing is really important. Uh, one of the things, I know I'm rambling on here a little bit, that, that's been most frustrating for me uh, when I first started the coaching portfolio, we had a lot of coaches who were really excited about using their portfolio as a sample to help out other coaches. And that's always been one of the best things about the profession. I think now that we're getting a lot more information and creativity out there, a lot more people are guarded about sharing what they have because they don't want other people to steal it. So that's a little bit unfortunate. So you got to do a little more legwork to kind of see what's out there. But it, um, it's really awesome to see what other coaches are doing and how they're, how they're utilizing that. So I'm not sure I completely answered what your original question was, but, you know, I wanted to use that example of, you know, when you have an achievement, which is really great, and you list that on your resume, you got to really sit down and think about, okay, what were all the steps that we did or what are the things that we're doing in our program that help us to accomplish that? And how can I send that message out to a future employer when I'm, you know, preparing to interview for them, whether it's through my resume, through the interview, but especially through the portfolio, which is a visual component of the job search process where you can share your message. That That's exactly it. No, you did answer my question. And I think brought up the, the most important point is not just that accomplishment, but then how do you do that? And, and sometimes, you know, you have to think that through because you know how it's done. But again, you're presenting this to it could be a number of different people. It could be coaches of other sports. There might be somebody on the committee who is a football person, in, you know, in our case, uh, or it might be all administrators. So you need to think about the the audience that you don't want to take for granted that, yes, you know that, but what will translate for them. So an, an example I have that I think is, is tangible to exactly what you are talking about is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a portfolio I looked at of a coach uh, who was a defensive coordinator and 
you know, he kind of went through this progression in in his in his deck or his portfolio where the first thing he talked about was the the importance of takeaways in the game. And now that's a universal truth. We know that to be true. We can go find that information on the internet or Pro Football Focus. You know, what is the the turnover differential going to mean to a game? And so he that was a big part of his philosophy and he talked about, you know, the the takeaways and shared on a really just clean page some graphics that really highlighted wow takeaways are important so if i'm sitting there on the committee i'm saying well you know this this obviously is an important thing for defense right or if it's for you know not a head coaching job that that head coach certainly is going to pay attention to that and then from there he went into his philosophy behind then how how they're going to share that with their players uh, the things that they're going to do to teach that to drill it and then finally he shared okay Here's the big concept of, of turnovers or takeaways and why they're important. Here's my philosophy and how we teach it. Here's the results of what we did in our program because of it. Now, and it takes you, you know, again, telling these little stories of this is what I believe. Here's how I do it. Here was the results of how we did it, right? So instead of just saying we were number one in our league in turnovers, taking it that way and really building it out to tell more of that story and have yourself stand out as, Okay, this I know when I bring this guy in, this is going to be a focus for him. And you know what? That's that's important to us. Right. No, I, I totally agree. And, you know, the, the two key things there you pointed out, being able to, to share that and show that, but also understanding who your audience is. For example, if you're interviewing, like you said, for defensive coordinator position where you're going to be meeting with the head football coach and other assistants on that particular staff, like that's the information you want to convey you're applying for a head coaching position at a smaller college and you know the committee is going to be made up of coaches in other sports who may have not have any idea what a takeaway even is like that's not necessarily going to be the entire focus of your portfolio like you want to have a section with that information in there but the the things that you know if you're still going to hand out a hard copy of a portfolio when you're on campus for an interview like you're going to want to have copies of portfolios that are not as focused on football and more on how you're going to build the program, how you're going to build academic success, how are you going to incorporate community involvement? How are you going to fundraise and those kind of things? Like you got to do some research and know your audience mm-hmm. for the particular position that you're going to interview in. And you've got to have maybe multiple versions of your portfolio available. You know, when we talk about different ways that you can present, present the information, you know, I've, I've really pushed coaches to have, you know, different versions, digital versions that they can save as PDFs to be able to send out to different people on the committees. And then, in my opinion, a a website version of your portfolio is still one of the best ways that you can present the information in a way where, depending upon who the audience is, they can select which information they want to take a look at. And not only is that a good way to present your information in a portfolio type of version, but you're showing that you can use web-based applications as well. Um, but it's a branding tool as well, and and we know that as sports have become a bigger business right now, and not just what you do on the field sometimes in some ancillary type of things that are involved with the, the business side of coaching and athletics right now, you want to be able to show that you can develop a brand not just for yourself but for your program and your school or whatever organization you may be a part of. So when we talk about ways digitally that you can do things, I still think becoming very proficient in 
web web design is super important and web design is much different now than what it was 25 to 30 years ago when I first got involved and took my first class on how to develop a website. I mean, you can have a website up and running within an hour if you want to do that. But, you know, some coaches, despite, you know, everything that we have available to us today, just aren't very technology proficient. And I think that's super important, especially as software becomes a bigger part of everything that we're doing in the coaching world today like learning how to utilize all those kind of things is going to be a big benefit to you in being able to be hireable. No, no question. And, and, you know, again, thinking of the situations we're in and sometimes you, you want to make sure that if you are sending something along that it is distributed. And I know uh, for me, it worked different ways. Uh, I initially we make sure that if I was sending something along to an athletic director and thinking back to my high school days, that I would also send along a letter and, and you know, knowing that, okay, the, the principal is going to be involved or here's some of the other people as much as I knew to try to send along a copy to those people as well. And, you know, I think I shared, shared this in, in the last podcast. I mean, I had moved to um, trying to be creative and, and tell my story and use pictures and examples and, and do it differently than, you know, the black and white bullets and paragraphs, et cetera, a long time ago. But I'm, I'm thinking of, even even the advancements we've had because of uh, COVID and shutdowns and, and you know people going paperless at uh, at restaurants, the QR code, uh, those that used to be something that a lot of people really didn't know what they were, how to use them. Uh, you used to have have to have uh, an app that you downloaded, uh, both to create those as well as to read those, and now you know the the smartphone. You just open your camera and point it at, you know, you go to a, a restaurant, point it at the menu, boom, it's there. You know, the TV's on, there's a lot of QR codes on TV. You can point it at that and get them there. Well, to me, if, if you are still sending along uh, paper versions of this, which I, I think is, is still a part of this, to think about, well, how can I make this come alive? There is no play button on paper, but now when I can put a QR code on here and, and maybe a caption that says, see me? coaching in practice or see me working this particular drill or see me running this meeting, people in that interview committee would be interested in those types of things. So I, I think you need to think about how you can incorporate that as well. And as I said, this the last couple of years have jumped people ahead in major ways with the use of technology. Yeah. The, one of the ways I like to think about it is that, you know, the job search process, or even if you're not in the market for a job, this personal branding of yourself and who you are as a coach, it comes in a lot of different layers. So for example, you know, I see a lot of guys on Twitter right now kind of sharing some of the uh, graphics that they've designed that they plan on handing out at convention coming up, which is really great because, you know, these are really sharp looking, you know, flyers that they've got ready to go to hand out, not your typical resume or business card or anything. And it has, I, I think you mentioned off there, a kind of a, like a timeline of where they've been with logos and everything. That's a great introductory piece. You know, well, what's the next layer? Like you said, maybe it's a QR code or they have a link on, on the page that then takes you to a little more detailed history of where they've been and what they've done duties and responsibilities, accomplishments and achievements. Well, then from there, you've got to have another layer that's a little more detailed in terms of a portfolio that shows exactly how you accomplished all of those things. And then you've got to have another layer that includes all of your social media or just media in general, 
like you mentioned, video clips, whether it's a YouTube channel or a huddle or it right in your portfolio, you've got video clips that they can access, show you, you know, on the practice field, running drills and everything, or showing things that your athletes are doing in the weight room. I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, a, a big part of my clientele that's really growing is strength and conditioning coaches, figuring out how can I separate myself as a candidate as a strength and conditioning coach beyond just showing what I do programming wise, how can I build a portfolio that really demonstrates all the other things I can do? So there's all of these different layers to that kind of just build upon each other to show what you can do as a coach and being able to present that in a really meaningful way to people out there. And again, it's not just, it doesn't just start when you're looking for a job. It starts you know, people are looking right now because, you know, I make mental notes. I'm like, man, that's somebody I would really like to hire right now based upon the things that they're showing me just on social media right now. I want to learn more. How can I learn more? Can I go to a website to see more? Can I check out a portfolio that shows, you know, their progression on a drill series? You know, that's one of the big things that's become important to me is progressions and everything that we do. Well, somebody pops up a, a drill on social media. I'm like, I love that drill. And they keep posting more drills. I mean, I like everything that they're doing. Well, can they show me how they do a progression of all of these things and just instead of showing me random drills? So there's got to be some layers to everything that you're doing and presenting that in a meaningful way and building upon everything that you're doing. Definitely. The technology side of things has given us the ability to really make what used to be black and white on paper come alive. And, and another area I think is important on touching on, you know, we've all had the list of references, you know, in, in the, either in our portfolio or attached to our resume and, and what we were submitting then. And again, thinking of what you're able to do uh, with some of the technology today, starting with something very simple like having a page and, and talking about what, what players say about Coach Grabowski or what other coaches are saying about Coach Grabowski and getting that, uh, you know, maybe a picture of that particular particular person so it brings them to life it gives a visual for the person reading it along with those words but again could you do it on video could you have it with both right those words and then a a little qr code that again with a, a smartphone makes that come alive and there's that person sharing that very short clip about you know what that coach means to them or what they've seen that coach do maybe it's an opponent of yours or some you know one of your mentors or somebody that you work with you know, getting that kind of information out again starts to tell your story and makes you somebody who isn't just somebody black and white on paper, but now you're starting to jump off that page and really sharing a lot of information in in, in short amounts. And you mentioned the video, right? And I think you and I were talking about social media before and all the different things and and you definitely want to pay attention to length. I mean, there's a reason when you look at all the different social media platforms, I, I think maybe and I don't know for sure, TikTok is either three minutes or 3.30 is, is, is the longest that you're going to see. I think Twitter is uh, two minutes and 20 seconds. And there's a reason for that in people's attention span. So, you know, you do want to be able to tell those things quickly. You know, we're, we live in that world today, that, you know, 170 or 180, whatever it's up to now, character world, things in bite-sized pieces, and you have to communicate in those ways too. But there's a lot you can do within those two minutes or so of a video to really communicate what's important to you and who you are. Yeah. And I, I think that's where the younger generation really has uh, an upper hand in, you know, being able to to take advantage of the technology and build their brand is that, you know, 
for me, building a relationship with a player might be, you know, having them stop by my office and sit down and we just have a general conversation and chat, whether it's about softball or classes or just how their family's doing and everything where, you know, these kids today can pull out their phone and, and do a little back and forth on something, whether it's on TikTok or some other social media thing, just recording it on video even. Like you said, having a conversation with, you know, well, what's important to you about softball? Why do you like being at Frostburg? You know, how are things going? Tell us a little bit something interesting about yourself. And we post those things on social media, but I tell, you know, our assistants who are both young right now that, you know, those are things that they should be cataloging, not just for our social media account, but before their professional portfolio to show, hey, you know, here's how I'm utilizing social media within our program, you know, and don't be afraid of including themselves in those kind of things because it shows how you develop relationships with your players. It shows your interpersonal skills, social interactions, in addition to being able to utilize the platform and the technology as well. So they, they've got an advantage in that because that's not something I'm always super comfortable with. I know that when I'm appearing on a TikTok or an Instagram story for our social media account, with our program, it's going to be something funny because I'm going to ham it up a little bit. It's not going to be something I probably want to include in my, my portfolio per se. But I, I, you know, I talk about with our assistants all the time, like when you're doing these things, we're doing it to help the program. But, you know, my positions are short-term positions where they're going to be moving on at some point, And I expect that out of them. You know, you need to make sure you're taking advantage of when you do these things, you know, thoughtfully think about how can I incorporate this into my branding and into my portfolio so that I can show what I can do at another program and help them out as well. Yeah, and, and obviously you still want to be yourself. I mean, just like in coaching, you you just because you're getting on a certain social media platform that really has um, you know a certain type of content on it. I mean, it's still about being yourself. And uh, yeah, you you could push things a little bit, but I, I always find it silly when I see you know some somebody. You're trying to do whatever the trend might be, and and you're like, man, that's not you. I, I know you. That's not really you. But uh, and some of it is trying those things out and pushing it. But the most important thing is that whatever you use, whether this is putting it on paper, putting on video, putting on a social media platform, whatever, what really needs to shine through is you and who you really are. Be yourself. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I totally agree with that as well. I I think we can, as coaches, in general, can pretty quickly point out some of the imposters out there on social media who are, are doing it more for the uh, the clicks or the clout that the, the young kids talk about these days. So it's, it's utilizing it for the proper purpose and not just for, you know, when I, sometimes I don't always like to say personal branding because when I, I say that, I think about like, wow, you know, I'm promoting myself and sometimes promotion can take a turn for the worse. But I mean, you do have to promote yourself. Like, you can't just sit back and hope that the jobs are going to come to you or, you know, that you're going to accomplish what you want to accomplish as a coach and reach the level that you want to reach by just kind of sitting back and hoping, hoping that it happens. I mean, there are instances, yeah, somebody's going to pick up the phone and call you because of something that you've done, but you do have to do some self-promotion as well, but it's got to be done in the right way. Coach, as we want things down here, uh, the uh, the other part we've talked a lot is about the creativity. And, and I know for you, you like to be able to see different uh, portfolios and you do have a service, but you're always looking for some new ideas as well. So uh, what can coaches do, I guess, to, to be able to show you some things and what are you willing to do for them maybe to share some of that information with you? The coaching portfolio guide, which is at coachingportfolio.com, um, 
started when, you know, I used to run a different website where coaches shared a lot of information and coaches just post their portfolios for as examples for other coaches to see. And, and I realized, you know, through that little thread that we had going at the time, it had over 10,000 views in a year. And I was like, you know, there's obviously a lot of need for information for coaches on how to develop a portfolio. I know even when I run polls now, some coaches will be like, I don't even know what a portfolio is, let alone how to build one. You know, so, you know, the service that we offer, we share a lot of examples of documents and portfolios for coaches to see what other coaches have done to kind of spur some ideas on how to develop their own portfolio, what types of things should be included in a portfolio, how to display that information. It's one of the things, you know, I offer a service. In my opinion, it's not real expensive. I'm always willing to, you know, for free to look over anything that somebody's already put together a portfolio and give them some feedback. But, you know, part of what we do is is share that information for coaches to help develop their own portfolio. We're always looking for sample portfolios to add. You know, we service coaches in all sports, not just football, even though football is one of our biggest clientele. So a lot of the samples we have are football coaches. But, uh, you know, if anybody ever has a portfolio that they would like to share, especially if it's something creative, because, you know, some of the original portfolios that we have in the portfolio guide are some of the older, you know, as I mentioned, 10 years old, black and white versions. So if you have something that's a little more creative and stands out and you're willing to share and you're not worried about other coaches taking a look at that, you know, I'm always willing to exchange services to give people access for free to the guide or other services that I can help provide them. I do do resume reviews. I do consults through Zoom and everything. So, you know, if it's it's a lot more difficult, like I said, coaches, as they become more creative, not willing to share what they have. But if coaches are willing to share with me what they have, I'm willing to exchange some services to help them out as well. And again, Coach, the best way to connect with you? The primary service, you know, that we offer through the portfolio guide is www.coachingportfolio.com. I'm on social media all over the place. Most of my social media accounts are either my personal ones, Bill Vasco, which I don't interact as much on those. So it's usually just at Bill Vasco, B-I-L-L-V-A-S-K-O. But um, the main umbrella of all of my services that I offer for career development for coaches and some of my other side businesses is XOCoach, XOCoach.com. And that's what most of my handles on social media are. Usually it's XO underscore coach. That's on Twitter, Instagram. We are on TikTok now at Coaching Portfolio. I just created my first TikTok a couple of nights ago. So check it out. Trying to branch into that and working on right now. My YouTube channel is Bill Vasco, but I'm working on creating a new channel and trying to get some content there at some point right now. It's pretty blank, but you know, so we're trying to be out there in in a variety of ways and, you know, just interact with coaches and, and give some tips and stuff on all our social media accounts about, you know, resumes, interviews, searching for jobs, developing your portfolio. And obviously that kind of leads to coachingportfolio.com where you can find the coaching portfolio guide that is not only about building portfolios, but also has a lot of information in there from myself and other coaches who, you know, provide job services for coaches in terms of resume tips, interviewing all of those different kind of things. Well, Coach, I really appreciate your time today, and best of luck to you and, and your season, which you're going to be kicking off here once the new semester gets started. And, and again, thank you for all the information and everything you do to help coaches. 
Thank you. I appreciate you having me on and I enjoyed our time together and being able to share the info with other coaches. Thanks, Keith.